Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, welcome to Bitch Slap. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jadikin. And this is Melrose Place Season 2, Episode 19. Young Man in the Sea. Was it Young Men in the Sea? I think it's Young Men in the Sea. I wrote Young Men, but I was, when I read it, I was like, did I have a weird autocorrect? Yeah, Young Men in the Sea. Because Jake is also a young man. I guess. And he goes into the sea. That's true. With Reed on his boat. <laughs> this boat storyline, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's ramping up. It's definitely ramping up, which is good, because mm. uh, it was at a boring level. <laughs> and I know it's going to get more juicy. Yeah. Um, so that's great. We will get to that in a moment. But for now, Michael Mancini is popping pills and it does not look good for him. He's back at the beach house, which by the way, I got very distracted watching this episode. I had to pause it because there's a scene later Maybe it's in this episode, maybe it's the next one. I don't remember right now. I'll get to it. But where Sydney calls the ambulance. Yeah. And she she says the address. Did you look up the address? I looked up the address. Obviously, there's no beachfront road in Los Angeles. Right. So then I started looking, where is Michael Mancini's beach house? Like, where is it? It is in Oxnard. Oh. And I looked up the address and it is you can see it on like redfin on trulia all these real estate sites this house currently has an evaluation of 3.38 million dollars because it's literally on the beach it is on the beach it is a three bedroom four bathroom house Mm. four bathrooms i think they expanded since michael lived there (laughs) it is 1768 square feet the home last sold in 2017 for 2.4 million. Mm. So now it's like quite a bigger. I bet you they built up. But look at this picture of it. They didn't build up. It is exactly really? the same as it is in the show. They have kept the integrity of Michael Mancini's beach house. I wonder if there's a build on though in the back because that house did not look like a three bedroom, two, four bath. His house. We just must not see all Maybe of Maybe the interior. Yeah. All um, of the house. You know what else I noticed in a few shots 
This is this. the front from the street view. Oh, yeah. See, that looks bigger, right? And we never see that on the show. We, we don't only see, see this view. And you can see it's like two levels back here, and then the front is one level. Yes. Um, I also noticed from a few shots from the beach house, we saw another house down the way. A few uh, times, it was like a blue house or something. Yeah, but we had never seen um, the the properties that are nearby. No, yeah, very uh, interesting. Anyway, I just thought our listeners might enjoy that tidbit. Maybe they fast forwarded this part. But Michael, um, on the show, he's not living in Oxnard. No, he's living no. <laughs> <laughs> because Oxnard. For those of you who don't live here, Oxnard is like an hour forty five minutes north. Of Los Angeles. It is... It's on the way to Santa Barbara, like midway, probably. Yeah. It's like midway to Santa Barbara. And anyway, Michael, we, we've always assumed, Desi and I, that Michael's house is supposed to be in Malibu. Or, or Santa Monica, maybe. Or in Santa Monica. Yeah. Uh, by, by the way, when we see Michael in his pill state, he's really silent film acting, taking pills. Yeah. This is very dramatic. <laughs> Just like, it's like all these facial <laughs> gestures and like really swallowing and like holding his head. He's doing a lot of acting. I don't know how he does it. I'll never not be impressed. He also washes it down with a Coors Light. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, that's how you pronounce it. Coors? <laughs> I'll never forget the time we got an email from somebody who, who reamed me out for... Allegedly pronouncing Coors wrong. I can't even remember what they thought it they was. They said it's Coors. It's Coors. Coors. It's like maybe in your state. And you know what else? I don't give a fuck. Yeah. We all have our own way of saying things. So he what he's not doing well. Michael is chasing pills with alcohol and to make matters worse, he heads over to his kitchen, which is a mess. We see the house, the whole house. There's like pizza boxes everywhere. And I love that it's very staged mess. Yeah. Like it's not truly filthy. It's just like the set decorators are like, throw some clothes and pizza boxes around. It's always pizza boxes. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, all, <laughs> it's always pizza boxes. Because that's like a visual everyone gets. He's right. just ordering pizza. <laughs> He's depressed. And he's not cleaning it up. Yeah. So he's in the kitchen and he fumbles for the phone. He makes a phone call and um, Jane picks up and he's like, Jane, it's your wake up call. It's me, your hubby. Like, it's just like, poor Jane. And Jane is like, Michael. If you call this house again, I swear I will get a restraining order against you. Restrain me? Come on, Jane. For what? <laughs> oh, you can't take a couple of phone calls, Jane. I'm not going to stop bothering you till you agree to talk to me. I like how he's like, why are you going to file a restraining order? And then proceeds to talk about how he's going to badger her <laughs> until she agrees to see him. Yeah, Michael threatens to go down to Kay Beacon's office. And sit down in the middle of the office and just stay there until she talks to him. Yeah. And she's like, you're a sick man, Michael. Get help. Get help. (laughs) She hangs up on him. (laughs) Sydney shows up at Jane's apartment with a bowl of fruit. Did you see that? Yeah. I don't know why she's... It looks like she's carrying the bowl of fruit you'd have on your kitchen table. I mean, that seems very Sydney to me. Like, Jane, I got you some fruit. And it's just her bowl of fruit. (laughs) 
from upstairs or something. <laughs> like, um, and Jane lets Sydney know that Michael is still calling her. So at this point, we are to understand that Michael has been at this for a bit, ever since Jane kicked him out. I was laughing because she's explaining how Michael won't leave her alone during this scene. And she's like, he's called me five times. I was like, that doesn't sound that excessive. <laughs> like, it's like, I thought she was going to say like five times this hour or this morning alone. And it was yeah. like a day or something. And yeah, like, that's not, they should have added like a 10 more times to that at least. Right, because we want to know that he's calling and hanging up. He's leaving voice messages. I mean, whatever. It's still, he shouldn't call her if she doesn't want to. But it was just funny when she's like five <laughs> times and I thought it was going to be just this morning. and It was like in the past day or two. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's excessive, but it's not like the level of unhinged we just saw him. Especially back in those days where mm. you leave a message or you can't get a hold of someone. You yeah. might call someone more. Yeah, so she tells Sydney she's going to go down to the court and file a restraining order against Michael before work. Like she's going to do it right now. Well, because she wasn't going to, but Sydney convinces her to go right now. And I was like, she just wants Jane staying away from Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Like for Sydney, the restraining order is also useful, I think. Yeah, because all of the sudden in the past two episodes, Sydney has been super loving and sister, sister towards Jane. She's like, we got to stick together. I love you, Jane. I'm so sorry. And so Jane being Jane thinks her sister is completely on her side. Yeah. And is like, oh, Sid, you know, thank you so much you're so supportive and sydney's like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go with you yeah because i got stories of my own that'll help and i'm like right by your side jane the whole time i'm like i'm here for you (laughs) it's like okay sydney we know where this is going (laughs) at the marina reed's being moody to joe when she shows up and she's like reed what's wrong and he's like the engine won't turn over now I can't go to Catalina. Losing money. Losing money over here. And he's bummed. He's like, oh, if only I had some money to fix this problem. I like how obvious this con man is and everyone keeps buying it. Like, so, <laughs> It's so crazy to me. It's so crazy to me. And Joe is like, well, I know someone. I know someone who can help free of charge. This is really insane. It's so inappropriate because she doesn't know he will work free of charge. It is so over the line yeah, and unbelievable that she did this. Also, Jake and Reed have already had a fight on the pier Yeah, uh, where Jake is like, I know all about you. Uh, You better watch it. Right. And (laughs) just the fact that she (laughs) thinks that this is acceptable. If your friend's out of work too, you're going to offer him up for free. Right. Like what? I'm sorry, Joe. Like, so Joe picks up the cordless phone that's on the boat and she immediately calls Jake and she's like, Hey Jake, you know, will you work? Will you fix this guy's engine that you hate for free? And he, he says yes. And he says yes, because the very next scene we cut to Jake carrying his little red toolbox heading out the door. I couldn't believe he said yes. This is so wild because I was expecting Jake on the other line being like, I don't do handouts or whatever, whatever his line would be. Well, 
Also, it's like, I mean, maybe he said yes because he wants to get more info mm. or, or like kind of suss out the situation. Right. And also he cares about Joe, but it is still over the line that Joe, On her part, that for Joe sure. would even ask this. Meanwhile, Billy is in the pool swimming laps and he gets out of the pool to tell Jake that he got promoted and now he has to move to New York because that's where the new job is. I completely had forgotten <laughs> that this happened at the end of last episode. Uh, and I find this completely fucking unbelievable that Jake is like, she either cares about you and goes to New York or the relationship's over. I was like, why is Allison expected to fucking move to New York in a few days? Also, wasn't everyone bitching and moaning last season when Allison was going to pick up and go to Seattle and leave her job? Yes. I mean, I just don't know why Billy thinks she's going to up and leave like that. Billy was one of the main people who was like, I can't believe you're going to quit your job for a guy. Yeah. And go to Seattle. What's there for you? I mean, here's what I think should happen. Billy is like, fuck, I want to take this job. And Allison's going to be upset. Uh, I And you, you, you would just be like, I'm going to go. We're still going to stay together. And who knows, I might be back because it's not going to, who knows how it's going to last. Because he doesn't want to move to New York. It's purely for this job, right? Like, right. But he, it, but he could still also invite her. Like, I, if you want to come with me, like, and we could figure out, you know, if there's an ad agency, I totally understand if you don't, you've established yourself here. Right. It's you not, would never expect someone to move. Like, they're not married. Even if you're married, you have to agree to it. Right. I mean, it's crazy. And Jake comes in. It's like, Jake, mind your own fucking business. Like, <laughs> Like, yeah, you just pick up and leave because you only have your bike and like your whatever, your like toolbox. your toolbox and you can go anywhere. But it's crazy that he would assume Allison should just go. Yeah. And he, Billy has, still hasn't told Allison at this point and he doesn't know how he's going to tell her, but we'll find out soon enough. And it's in a very stupid way. Very stupid. <laughs> In fact, I was infuriated. I was furious. I was like, what? No. Like the second I realized, I was like, God damn it. I'm sick. Matt and Jeffrey are having breakfast in Matt's apartment. And Jeffrey is talking to Matt about what it's like to be in the Navy. And Matt still doesn't understand it. He's like, well, how about not being able to be out of the closet? Like, how about that part about being in the Navy? Yeah, I mean, this relationship is so irritating because it's like both of them are right in a way. This is a different time. Matt is absolutely correct. He's out and he's living his life out as a gay right, man. Right. And it's frustrating to him to be with Jeffrey. Jeffrey is still not out. Right. And it's his right to to be that way. He's chosen this stupid career right. where he can't be out if he wanted to. Right. And it's like... I kind of, I get Matt's frustration, but at the same time, that's who this guy is. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's and, not ready. And maybe he's not a good fit for you. Yes. Like, because you either, of this. it's so early on, it's like you either got to accept it or move on. Like, right. Because at this point, uh, I just feel like, I feel for Jeffrey because it's hard probably hearing Matt's complaints because Matt is correct. Like, yeah, it's like you should be out. Like, right. it's hard to live a double life or a lie, but it's like Jeffrey is still in that zone. Like, right. I don't know. It and, sucks. And he's trying to push back to Matt because even though he knows 
the principle of what Matt's saying is like, right? Yeah. He's still, he's getting defensive about being in the military and he's like, well, I'm fine with it. Um, I like, I don't remember if it's this scene at some point that Matt's like, why are you in the military? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's just like, like really funny because it's like that's the ultimate question. But yeah, it's like that's his like he grew up in that. Like no, that's later on down the line. I laughed out I loud. I laughed out loud too. when Matt said that he's like, "Why are you even in the military?" Because it's like very on Matt to just be that kind of directly kind of rude or like whatever direct in a way that's sort of mean, you know, for Matt. But he had a point. He had a point. It's just Matt usually is not that abrupt. He's about a things. little more delicate. <laughs> yes. He's a little more delicate than that. But uh, at that point, Matt had become so frustrated. Oh, it's a frustrating situation. So Matt asks, I'm sorry, Jeffrey asks Matt if he wants to have dinner tonight. And Matt still, he's still, he's like, I don't know how you can lead this double life. Oh, Matt won't let it go. He won't let it go. And that's when Jeffrey dro- drops the bomb. Well, usually I keep my relationships simple and short. So Jeffrey hasn't had too many long-term relationships. Right, because you probably can't with Jeffrey. Yeah. You can't be in a long-term relationship with someone like that. Right, because you probably don't meet their parents. You probably don't meet uh, a big handful of their friends if he has all these if he has a lot of friends in the military. Yeah. Or just people he's in not out to. And it seems like everyone he's not out to in his life. So how does Matt fit in or right. any relationship? Right. It's impossible. At the hospital, Michael gets served with the restraining order papers and he immediately starts laughing and he is walking down the hall <laughs> with the papers in one hand and his cane in the other and he's reading out loud what the restraining order says and laughing his head off. This is very unprofessional behavior. If I saw a doctor doing this at the hospital, I'd be riveted. He looks super high. He, Like you said, he's laughing and there's a nurse that he's telling this to. And she looks like... She looks like uh, security. Like, hello. She looks like that woman in that cartoon. Hello, human resources. Yeah. I was like, this is the role I'm born to play. Just like some nurse who's fucking irritated. <laughs> like, and the doctor's all over her. She has had laughing. It. She's had it with Michael Mancini. And you she's know, disgusted. This isn't the first time either. No. She's had to deal with Michael for years. She knows exactly what kind of guy he is. She's got his number. And she's like, what can I do for you, Michael? Yeah, she's like, get away, get off of me. Because he's like hanging on her at the cart, like one of those, one of the fucking carts that the nurses have. <laughs> like, And he's still reading the restraining order out loud. It's like, also like, I'm sorry, but what woman is going to hear you read a restraining order and think it's funny? <laughs> yeah. Especially with zero context. Yes. Like, it's not like I'm your friend and we know what the restraining order is bullshit or whatever. Like, yeah, she's just hearing that your, your wife got, your ex-wife got a restraining order. It's not funny. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's actually very scary. Yeah. Um, and he he announces out loud, he's like, I'm being restrained from telling my wife I love her. That's what it is, Michael. That's what it's about. <laughs> That's the only reason, Michael. <sighs> Jake fixes the engine on Reed's boat, and he goes, Reed goes and gets him a beer, and Jake's like, yeah, I'll have a beer. And then Reed's like, wow, I, I, don't, I don't know how I'm going to repay you. And of course, Jake's like, you don't owe me anything. Yeah. 
No. He doesn't want a handout. Just the beer's fine. Just the beer. We're even. <laughs> We're even. <laughs> the beer on your boat is okay. And Reed's like, well, I have an idea of how I can repay you. How about you come work for me? Like we do, you know, you, yeah. you, you do the maintenance or whatever on my boat and we, we split it 60, 40. Yeah. And Jake's like, I already worked for a con man as a mechanic. <laughs> I'm done with that field. Yeah. Like, truly. I've, I've been here before. Jake's a very hesitant about it. He tells him he'll think about it. And so Reed's like, okay, well, how about this? How about you just work one job for me and see how you like it? Yeah. And Jake goes along with it. He's like, okay, all right. But here's the weird thing. In the the acting of it and the writing of it, we're not seeing Jake like, I just want to get in and see what's going on. It just seems like he's like, okay, I've turned a new leaf on Reed. Like, (laughs) it's like crazy to me. Because so has Amanda. Yeah. Which is nuts. That night, oh, this is infuriating. (laughs) That night, Billy has displayed a series of items that have New York City connotations to them in front of Allison. But this shot (laughs) shot is art. Because we go from the boat, and then all of a sudden we have a close-up on a box that says New York Cheesecake. And then, and then, and then the shot just pans over all of these items that are supposed to be very New York. So we first get the shot, the close up of New York cheesecake, (laughs) and then it pans over to like a VHS of the movie Manhattan to an apple. The apple, okay, because it's like the movie Manhattan, the movie New York, New York. Yes. And then a fucking so that by that point you're like oh he these are all New York things and then he fucking has the apple he keeps going <laughs> it, it was like the going. apple you did the apple he you did, fucking moron he like, did the apple and he did oh uh, he this was the most uh, egregious part of it was a like half of a three day old cold pizza. It was three slices. <laughs> so gross. And you know the pizza was gross because the cheese looked really thick and solidified. It looked like that pizza had been in the fridge, not unwrapped for three days. And it's on like a paper plate. I was like, that's not New York pizza. No. So that's why she's going to get confused. <laughs> it was all those thin slices. It was thin slices. They weren't the big wide Just slices. Just the cheese was revolting. It was so it was hard. congealed. I like, have a picture of it, and oh, I good. will post it on our okay. Instagram. I need you to take a look at this pizza for me, because this was outrageous. I would have been like, well, where did you get that pizza? Like, are you going <laughs> to eat that? Because I'm not going to eat that no, pizza. I would have totally... It was... Yeah, look at that cheese. Look how thick that cheese is. And there's no, like, stringy aspect to it. It's, it's just, like, solid. it's hard. Yeah, it's so gross. Because it looks old. It's revolting. He he really he would have been trying to like make me get the hint, and I would have only been like, "Where did you get that pizza? Yeah, what, what the hell is that pizza? <laughs> we need to get something. I'm fucking hungry." And he'd be like, "No, no, no! Don't you see what the theme is?" And I'm like, "No, I'm starving. I just go from work." Like I would have totally derailed his little cute thing. I would have been like, "I appreciate the cheesecake. The apple's weird, but can we order a real pizza right now?" Yeah, I want uh, fresh pizza. To be fair to Billy, this is. Before Los Angeles had a lot of good pizza places, I would honestly prefer a Stouffer's French bread mm. to that. At least the cheese would have been melted. Get those little bell pepper pieces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So Allison's playing along with him in, up until the very point that Billy admits that this little game is because he needs to tell her he got promoted and they want him to move to New York and he has to do it on Monday. Come with me, Allison. <laughs> he, like, he says, come with me. And she's like, what? She's stunned. Because it's a ridiculous request. It's crazy. And she's even further up the ladder at D&D, or at least she's been working at this higher level as like an ad exec than right. she was when she moved to Seattle briefly. Oh, totally. So it's even she was like barely a, above a receptionist. So then. it's even crazier that she would move now. Also, she has big accounts. Like, I mean, but the I mean, one the one flaw in this storyline is that she acts like there aren't big advertising companies in New York. Which is just not the case. Did like, she say that? I thought I felt like the, Billy's like there's some stuff there, and she's like not like D and D or like it was like something like that. <laughs> I was like, like well, I'm D&D. sure there's just equal to D and D there. It was sort of like she was dismissing it, and I was like, it's a famous, uh, it's a famously advertising town. Like, <laughs> I mean, he did say to her, he was like, uh, Allison, New York is the advertising capital of the world. Oh, he did. I thought he said something like. There's got to be a... No, he said, New York, the advertising oh capital of the world. And she was like, oh, Billy. She didn't want to hear it. I mean, she just doesn't want to move. Because she doesn't... She's not... She's she's worried if she moves to New York, she won't be able to find another boss who will abuse her the way Amanda will. No one could abuse her like Amanda. <laughs> she can't give that up. She can't get rid of that. What will she whine about? Cut to the next scene. It's the next day on the boat... And Joe wakes up, she's having coffee with Reed, and she's like, mm, I feel like I'm on vacation. I like to, she's like, I just love the smell of coffee wafting through the boat. <laughs> For some reason, I always think of Walburga when I hear the word wafting. It's always uh, a vulgar yeah, term. Yeah, it's so vulgar. Um, she, <laughs> Joe, this is not a vacation. You're literally at a dock in Mo- Marina Del Rey, and since when is she such a boat person? She even says in a later scene how she used to be afraid of the water, and now she's not. She feels so safe on the boat with Reed. This boat doesn't even look that luxurious. It's kind of small. It's That's very why I'm like, cramped. what party are you having on this boat? What do they even do on the boat all day? <laughs> it's crazy. What are they doing? And also, it's like, why is Joe constantly driving to Marina Del Rey? Doesn't she have a car- job or a career? <laughs> like how... Oh. Well, there's several times throughout these episodes, she's like, I'm playing hooky. I was like, from what? Because your job is like, you're booked for a photo shoot. How do you play hooky from a job where you're booked like that? Do you know what I mean? It's not calling in sick to work. That's a great point. She's a freelance photographer. You don't call in sick on freelance jobs unless you're literally like in the hospital. You, (laughs) You cancel on them and then you're labeled as unprofessional, which I'm sure at this point, Joe has gotten quite a reputation for being unreliable. Yeah. It's just very odd to me that she's acting like she's not a freelance photographer. Like she's just calling in sick. Just say you're not booked and busy, Joe. No one wants to book you. Exactly. That's what's really going on. And that's why she's carrying on with Reed is because she doesn't want to face the fact that she's unemployed again. Yeah. No one wants her couch beach photo shoots. No. They're sick of that. 
come up with something new, then get back to us, then we'll hire you. Yeah, it's very weird. So Reed asks Joe for a favor. He wants her to take a suitcase he has back to her place before they leave for this party charter thing. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) He's chartering this boat. That's like this job he has. He needs Jake. Jake's help with. Right. Because this is a one-off job. A one-off job. And so they're hosting a party on this boat. And so he says, oh, before we leave, can you drive all the way back to West Hollywood with my briefcase? And it's not even a briefcase. It literally looks like an old-fashioned, like those plastic suitcases. It looks like the suitcase that you... Yeah, I'm sorry. I kept call, I wrote brief briefcase down, but it's a suitcase. It looks like the kind of suitcase that you carry on stage in your high school production yes. of, of Death of a Salesman. Yeah, totally. It's, it's like an old school Samsonite hard plastic brown with the little. It's not even the little Samsonite. things that pop up, like the no. little butt, like the snap things. It is. It is a high school play. Suitcase. Totally. I'm going to the big city. <laughs> like it's like one of those. It's crazy. He's like, I got this suitcase, and before we leave on this party boat, I want you there. I have some valuable things in here. I just don't want them on the boat while there's other people here. Right. So it seems reasonable. It seems reasonable, even though it's not that reasonable that now she has to drive back to West Hollywood. Yeah. I was unclear on whether or not was she doing that anyway, or she was, I guess she's going on the boat. So it is kind of like he's making her do this trip for nothing. He should have thought of that ahead of time. Or wait, does she not have a car? She does have a car. Oh, she does? I thought she had had a motorcycle. Oh, what? Does she? Because I was like, why don't she just put it in the trunk of her car? And I was like, oh, maybe she still has a bike. So she's going to wear it like a backpack? So she like bungee corded that. (laughs) Thing on that little rack in the back. She's got like How a, did she get the suitcase back on her bike? Because she has a bike, right? Yes. No, she she put it on that little steel little rack, bungee corded it, and then drove her bike. This is what she should have told Reed when the suitcase was open later. She should have said it fell off my motorcycle. <laughs> Dude, that whole situation had me fucking screaming. Because I was like, <laughs> what are you doing right now, Joe? Don't listen to Allison. Um, uh, anyway. Anyway, she's like, what's in the suitcase? And he's like, oh, it's just some old pictures and sentimental stuff. It's not worth anything, but you know, I don't want anything to happen to them. Yeah. So she's going to go do that, and we're going to go take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. At D&D, Amanda congratulates Allison on her move to New York. This is very this scene is, This scene is a master class in negging. She, <laughs> Amanda's so shady. She's yeah. like, oh, Allison, congratulations on your move to New York. And Allison's like, what are you talking about, Amanda? Where'd you hear, where did you even hear that from? And she's like, mm, Jake told me that Billy said he got a job in New York, so... And she's like, well, I don't even know if I'm going yet. Yeah. She's like, what are you, crazy? You're not going to follow Billy to New York? Yeah, go to New York. You'll be living differently. You'll be dressing differently. (laughs) It is. Like you said, this is a master class in um, dunking on Allison. It is like the insults are so rapid fire that she can't keep up with them. But yeah, she's throwing major shade. She's talking about how maybe Allison will have a better sense of style. Yeah. And just like basically saying, Billy, you have to go with Billy because if it's true love, if that's what it is, it's a rare thing. (laughs) I just, she's incredible. Yeah. She's incredible. And because she does it on the fly. She does it on the fly. And Allison is obviously rattled by this and she's like, oh, She's like, she just got steamrolled by Amanda. Yeah, Amanda's definitely making it look like if you don't go, you're an absolute fucking fool. Because at the end of the day, Amanda doesn't really care whether Allison goes or not. She, her purpose is just to plant many seeds of doubt, like self-doubt into Allison's head. She's just an agent of chaos in Allison's life. That's right. all she's there for is to create problems. Right. And she she's just, great at it. She wants to knock her down several pegs all the time, keep her um, panicked. I mean, her, you know, she talks about how advertising is her calling, but her true calling is absolutely destroying Allison's life. <laughs> like, that's what she's made for. Uh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Don't you ever wonder, like, the writers or the producers at some point were like, we got to bring on a person to absolutely make Allison's life living hell. Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> Amanda really goes hard on Allison, <laughs> like in particular. She she's a bitch to everyone, but she will just never let go of the fact that Allison won Billy over her, even though she's not into Billy in the slightest anymore. No. That that was Allison's fatal flaw. Right. <laughs> Even more than work things. Oh, yeah. So, but she'll take any opportunity at work to be like, this is slipshot work. Yeah. Oh, totally. To, to, to knock her down. At the beach house, Sydney stops by with two huge bags of groceries. Here we go again. Here we go. Right after she went to the courthouse with Jane to help her file the restraining order. We know Sydney is going behind Jane's back. She's... No. She's back at the beach house. No one has ever been digmatized harder than Sydney Andrews. Like, I can't even... I'm like, what are you doing? She has been in love with Michael since she was a kid. Whenever he started dating Jane, 
Yeah. It's crazy, though. It is so crazy. She goes over to his house with groceries. She walks into a complete disaster. She sees those pizza boxes on the floor. Mm. She sees the clothes everywhere. And she's she's wearing a tan suede jacket with very long fringe on it. Yes. I think she wears this next episode, too. So it's like definitely her new favorite jacket. <laughs> yeah. She bought that with her money from Lauren. Right? It's like one of those special pieces. And she's like, I have to wear this into the ground. Right. Because it was it's like... the most expensive thing I own. She paid like $485 yes. for it <laughs> at a boutique on Melrose. Absolutely. And she's not letting go of this jacket. But what do you think... Um, I was thinking about Sydney. What do you think her deal is? <laughs> because is she just so digmatized by Michael? She completely forgets her obligation to her sister Jane. Was that just... Her, her her being nice to Jane and helping Jane was that real? No, it like, wasn't what's her real. deal. Like Sydney, Sydney, Sydney doesn't really give a fuck about Jane. Like she wouldn't let Jane die or like let Jane get seriously <laughs> injured or hurt. She'd be sad about it. She loves Jane deep, deep down inside, but she doesn't give a fuck about Jane's happiness. I think it's like in the moment, it's real, but yeah. ultimately. The minute Michael is available to her, everything goes to the wayside. Like she's a purely driven by self. She's very self-centered. She her infatuation with Michael overrides everything else. Like right, because even her closeness to Jane was caused by her betraying Michael because Michael hurt her. She also thinks she can have it all. She thinks that she can maintain this fake relationship, sisterly love with Jane while also fucking Michael behind her back. Right. I mean, I think I was thinking leaning towards that. Like she thinks she's going to get away with it initially. Yeah. Because Jane's not going to ask. However, if push ever came to shove, she would dump Jane in a heartbeat if Michael wanted to marry her or whatever. Right. She, oh, totally. She would be like, well, fuck that. I, my, my relationship with Michael is more important than my relationship with my sister. How old is Sydney? Do you think? 19? 20? Yeah. Like 20. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. So. I may be 21 because she works at Shooters. Right. So she's like 21, 22. I mean, when she comes on the show, she seems like she's 16. <laughs> yeah, I just, I think she's supposed to be like two years younger than Jane. Yeah. She's not that much younger. Um, So she's looking for Michael and she finds him in the bedroom passed out with the alarm going off. So he's really passed out. Yeah, I mean, he's drugged right yeah he's been popping pills and she's wakes him up she opens the blinds and she's like michael it's almost noon what are you doing and he's like oh i got food poisoning we also find out that she <laughs> she had got in the house because she knew where he kept his spare key which yes. I, made me laugh because I just assumed she had a key, but he calls her on it, even in his drunken or drugged state. Yeah, he's like, how'd you get in here? And she's like, the front door. And he's like, no, but how? And she's like, well, I saw the key by the lamp outside. I saw you put it there one time. And he's like, you don't miss a trick. No pun intended. <laughs> he's like, sorry for the poor, poor choice of words, Sid. <laughs> he gets up to go to the shower. And while he's in the shower... Sydney makes the bed and she finds an empty pill bottle tangled in the sheets. And then she finds another pill bottle in the sheets. There's something about Sydney wanting to be a wife material 
where she's like picks up that ugly bedspread and starts getting to work on the housework. Like, yeah, she thinks it'll make. She does all these things that she thinks will make Michael fall in love with her, but he really right. just it makes him resent her more and more. Oh, totally, and thinks she's um, a piece of trash. But that's what you know she's thought about her whole life is being a wife to him. Mm. And so she loves folding that fucking laundry. And like, remember she used to bring him the baskets of laundry. Yes. Um, but yeah. Cause she thinks that'll work and that won't work. That only adds to his disdain. Cause he's like, look at this bitch. He'll do anything for it's me. It's such a child's view, a childish view of like being a wife too. Like you take care of your husband. Like, right. <laughs> um, he gets out of the shower. He takes a very short shower. And she confronts him about the pills. And he's like, my back hurts, Sid. Yeah. I was in a fucking car accident. My back hurts. <laughs> and she's, he's like bitching and moaning. He's like, I just want you and everyone else to stay out of my way so I can get back with Jane. Yeah. He still wants Jane back. And this is not what Sydney ever wants to hear. Now she's concerned. Yeah. If it wasn't the um <laughs> the drug addiction, it's the fact that he's doing all of this to get Jane back. Yeah. No. That night it's the boat party. It's in full swing. Jake, Amanda, and Joe are gathered around Reed as he's steering the yacht. They're all cramped on this party boat. <laughs> it's like we barely see any other guests, though. This party looks like it sucks. There is there it it's it is jam packed though. It doesn't look like there's much space for anyone to walk around because it's not a party boat. <laughs> it's a very small boat, right? Like it's like. If you see five people on this boat, it's like, okay, that's full. That's crowded. <laughs> yeah, it's like crazy. It is a crowded boat, and they're all like, oh, Reed, this party's great. Yeah. Amanda's mm. having the time of her fucking life. She even says, she's like, this is the best night of my life. And really, Amanda, I thought you were cultured. No, and she's like, I just, I can't remember the last time I've had this much fun. And it's like, what? I didn't What's even, the fun? No one was even doing any drugs. <laughs> No one was even fucking on the boat. There was nothing very remote, like very outrageously fun happening at all. Like, or there was no scintillating conversation. <laughs> like, it, it, yeah. Um, I didn't even see any hors d'oeuvres. I didn't see any food. She wasn't like looking out at a romantic scene with Jake. Like, nothing. No. Um, it looked boring as shit. No, I'd be mad because it looks cramp. I was like, where am I going to sit? Yeah. Jake and Amanda go back down to the deck. And Reed and Joe talk, and he's all waxing poetic about how he loves boat. He's like, I love boat life. I'm I'm a boat guy. Once again, he goes up behind her when he goes to talk to her. Wait, we're not there yet. Oh, we aren't? We're That's talking, what I have. Joe and We're talking about Joe and Reed. Oh, Joe and Reed. I thought you said Reed and Amanda. No, Sorry. Amanda and Jake are down on the deck. Amanda and Jake are down. Joe, yeah. Joe and Reed are talking... At the wheel, I don't know what that little area is called. <laughs> the captain's deck. The captain's <laughs> the captain's deck. And he's telling her about this is the life. Um, I just I dreamt about this. I want to run a charter business. I want to be out on the water every night with you by my side. And 
Joe tells him, she's like, I want to give you half the money you need to buy this boat. Now, is this the money she got to the, that check clear finally? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because Joe doesn't have a large sum of, lump of cash except for that money she supposedly didn't get back from the assets were frozen, right? Where is she getting this money from? Also, I have a feeling that buying a boat is more than $15,000. I mean, this whole thing is shady as hell because <laughs> it's like, who's the owner? Who are you buying it from? No one's met the alleged owner of this boat. Also, why is the owner letting him take it out all the time and live on it? Like, none of this makes sense to me. He lives on the boat. He lives on the boat. Who is this owner? <laughs> this, <laughs> like, it reminds me of the movie Blank Check, and this <laughs> owner is Mr. McIntosh, who's, yeah. the, who's the fictitious... Per, um, fictitious guy, millionaire guy. I just think Reed is a bad con man because he could have simplified the whole fucking thing. He's a bad con man, but he got very lucky that Amanda and Joe are absolute dipshits about this situation. Inexplicably dipshits. You think Amanda would be a little more savvy. Well, like Joe, whatever. She's in a relationship, so she's not thinking clearly. But Amanda... Amanda? Come on. Especially someone like Amanda who has dealt with people with lots of money before or with has invested in other business opportunities and has experience with this. Although her father duped her her whole life. Yeah, but so. her dad at <laughs> least was able... Had spent years cultivating that personality and that um, facade and was her dad. I think... Um, this guy creeped her out the first time she yeah, met him. They don't really explain her turnaround. And I don't feel like, oh, a fun night on a boat is enough for her to to switch gears. Right. Because she literally left that meeting with him going, ooh, no way. Like, what changed? Yeah. So this is the point when Reed goes down to the deck. Because he clocks Amanda smiling, looking out at the sea, right? And she's alone. Yes. Jake isn't there. Jake's somewhere else getting a drink. They probably just had one of those tubs full of... (laughs) Beverages. Beverages. Rolling rocks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he comes up from behind Amanda. He he does do that. It is like what you do to your romantic partner. You, it's like coming up from behind and getting a little too close. He's in my always, opinion with Reed, he's always getting a little too close. And to come up behind a woman like that, that's not your girlfriend is inappropriate to me. It's like totally. And his body language is so inappropriate and she's not doing anything to just like to get him to back off. She's not like saying like, Oh, I thought that was Jake. Or like anything. Anything. It's weird. Or where's Joe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so she's like, I'm having, I'm having a great time. And he tells her he needs to come up with 10 grand in the next month if he wants to buy the boat. And she's like, hmm, I can help you out. And he says, thanks, but Joe, Joe just became my partner. She's going to invest. She's going to be my partner. And Amanda's like... <laughs> Well, the last time she invested in a business, that place burnt to the ground. <laughs> After I knocked my, my purse, knocked it over. <laughs> that was great. That was great. And she's like, look, I'll be a silent partner. I won't get in your way. I'll just invest the money. Yeah. She wants to be on the boat 
all the time. Who knew Amanda's a boat person? Well, her she, dad raised her on a yacht. Yeah, she loves a boat. She mm. wants to be on it all the fucking time. And she's like, I want to be a partner because if, if I get more nights like this, I just, I still don't get why she needs to invest. Couldn't she be like, I'll, I'll be your number one customer. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or get a fucking boat. Why can't she get a boat and have Jake be her engine guy? It has to just be about power to her that she's like, uh, Joe can't handle this. I'm going to do this. Yeah, there's definitely that element too. So he agrees. He's like, great. <laughs> More money for me. I got another partner. Mm. It's like, how many partners can you have when you're 60, 40 with all of them? <laughs> like, <laughs> it sounds like a Ponzi scheme. It's almost. <laughs> Michael. Oh my God, this is crazy. <laughs> It's nighttime at Melrose Place and Michael is pounding on Jane's door and he is like, he's like a serial killer in a, in a horror movie. He's like, let me in, you stupid bitch. He's very Jack Torrance because he's, yeah. he's like, sweetheart, I'm here, you stupid bitch. Like he turns on a dime from calling her sweetheart to stupid bitch. It was comical. Like I love that this was shot like a horror movie because we cut to Jane and it's a close-up of Jane on the white cordless phone and she's like, hello, police. There's a man. <laughs> There's a man outside the Why aren't you coming? Yeah. She's I called you 20 minutes ago. She's like, please oh my come God. to Melrose, please. And he's slurring. He's like, Jane, I just want to talk to you. She doesn't want to deal with it. And she doesn't want to. He's screaming. He's yelling. And he's yelling, but it's still in that Michael comically acted <laughs> type of anger. <laughs> like for me, it's, it's always sort of this weird vibe he has. Yeah. Uh, Sydney hears the commotion and runs downstairs. Of course. And she sees Michael pounding on Jane's door, causing a scene, and she goes up to him and she whispers, she's like, Michael, you have to get out of here. She called the police. Yeah. Like, she's going to call the police and you have a restraint. You'll get in trouble. You'll go to jail. You'll lose your medical license. You'll lose your medical license. So she drags him up to her <laughs> up to her apartment and as she's dragging him up the stairs, he's trying to fight her off to get back downstairs to Jane. I mean, I think that's why I can't take him seriously in this scene because everything is just so like slapstick. His he, acting style—it's <laughs> just kind of like—it's so comical. She she manages to shove Michael into her apartment right as the police arrive. So they're like, "Well, we don't." They're like, "Sorry, Jane, we don't see your crazy husband anywhere. We're gonna leave." They arrive like the Keystone Cops. They it's get insane. there and they're like, we looked, we couldn't find. It's like, no, motherfucker. I, we literally just saw you guys enter. You didn't look for him. They also enter like the most slow and like <laughs> <laughs> there's no sense of urgency. <laughs> it's like, hey, it's like she called because she heard a noise and it was a raccoon or something. It's, I'm just so funny. Yeah. So and it's like no one thinks like he went up the stairs or into another apartment. Like They don't either. They're like, we'll check out back. Oh, well, I guess you got away. Good, good luck, lady. I mean, this is the, to be fair. This is kind of an accurate depiction of when you um, call the cops for a stalking incident. Yeah, They're so like, it was ahead of its time. Sorry, bitch. <laughs> sorry, we did what we could. That's why restraining orders are kind of not helpful. Mm. Matt shows up 
out of the blue at Jeffrey's Navy function. Mm. Jeffrey had a function at the Navy. Yeah. You know the <laughs> Navy? It's in Long Beach. <laughs> he had some kind of thing he had to go to. And Matt surprises him there. This is was wild of Matt to do. Matt Matt knew what he was doing. He knew he, what he was. Matt was playing. <laughs> He was playing hardball with this one. I can't defend Matt on this. I can't defend Matt on this because this was so shady of him. He shows up and right as Jeffrey's walking out in his Navy uniform with all his other Navy guys, friends, and they're all in their uniforms. He's like, hey, (laughs) he's like, hey, Jeffrey. And Jeffrey's face goes white and he panics. Because now he has to explain who this guy is that just showed up at the function. Right. And he's like, uh, this is Matt, my friend from high school. Yeah. And Matt's face falls as if Jeffrey was going to be like, this is Matt, we fuck. (laughs) He blew me last night. (laughs) He blew me last night in my uniform. He insisted. Uh, He loves it. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) No. Jeffrey's pissed at Matt and... Once they're alone walking in the parking lot, he's like, what are you trying to do here? And Matt's like, why are you being so paranoid? I mean, Matt is, I can't, I can't with Matt in this scene. <laughs> it's just wild to me that he doesn't get it. Like He was over the line here. I'm like, you don't have to put up with this. I certainly wouldn't want to, but no. I also wouldn't try to blow their cover. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. Um, and Jeffrey tells him to stay away from him. So it ends badly. And Matt's like, what? What What did I do? <laughs> I mean, he's so... That's why I'm kind of like, are you serious? Right? Like, do you not know? Or are you being like the biggest bitch ever? Right? Because <laughs> I kind of like it if you are being a bitch in a way. Finally. Finally, but also the wrong time to do it. Yeah, but also it's not like he's being a bitch to Amanda. He's being a bitch to a man who's in a very precarious situation. Exactly. It's like, that's what you should do to Michael or Amanda. Yes. Like, not now. Where is that energy there? Yeah. Back at Melrose Place, Allison is presenting Billy with a chocolate ladyfinger mousse cake. This is the most insane cake I have ever seen. I have never even heard of a chocolate ladyfinger mousse no, cake. No, she says that like it's a thing. She's like, a chocolate ladyfinger mousse cake. Your favorite. <laughs> and then the ladyfingers <laughs> are literally not layers. They're on top of the cake as decorations. That They look like legs sticking out of the water. <laughs> Like in like synchronized swimming. The cake is crazy. It's just like that's not a real cake. I mean, chocolate mousse, yes, that's very 90s. Chocolate chocolate mousse, mousse. I was saying, I was thinking that that is a 90s. People love chocolate mousse in the 90s. You don't see it's either a ladyfinger cake or a chocolate mousse cake. But you never call something a ladyfinger cake. It's well, a, it's a tiramisu. It's, like, it's a tiramisu or a Charlotte. Like right. it has a name that's not. It has ladyfingers in it, but it's not called a ladyfinger cake. She like, should have said, "I got you a chocolate mousse cake. They happen to decorate the top of it <laughs> with, <laughs> with ladyfingers." Not as catchy. Here's what I think happened. They're like, we need a chocolate mousse cake for this scene. Someone went to the bakery and that's what they had. And the writers <laughs> felt like they had to specify because the ladyfingers were so wild. Here's they what had I to think. comment on it. Okay. That's a good theory, but here's what I think happened. 
They went to the bakery. They picked up a chocolate cake. It was the only one they had there. It was a plain chocolate cake. The director was like, this looks like shit. Can you get something to put on top of it? To cut the brown. To cut the brown. (laughs) (laughs) We need to add something so it's not all brown. He thought the PA was going to get something uh, that made sense, like a flower or strawberries. No, instead he returns with a bag of lady fingers. (laughs) And they just shoved them in, in like a spiral or whatever that was. Yeah. I was like, this is the ugliest cake I've ever seen. Like, it's truly ugly. Like, I hate it. Um, But for some reason, Allison thinks that this cake is going to win Billy over about him chilling out that she doesn't want to go to New York. No. Because she has to break the news to him that she's not going to go. She can't go, she says. And he's mad. And he's like, she's like, Billy... My career yeah. is important to me. And you know what? She's right in this situation. For once. <laughs> Allison is right. Yeah. No. Billy is so wrong. Um, and she's like, you know, just go without me and we'll take it from there. And he's like, what if we can't make it do this, Allison? No. He doesn't think a, a long-term or a long-distance relationship will ever work out. I mean, and his fears are warranted because there are a lot of cases where that's true. It's definitely warranted, but most people at least make a fake attempt to try. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, we can do it. We'll be different. Yes. Like, let's figure it out. And that's what she says to him, but he doesn't want to believe that. It's just funny to me that Billy is so unwilling to even try that's where I'm kind of like, what's going on here? Yeah. I mean, maybe they're just not meant to be. Well, Amanda and Jake return home, and Jake is pissed off that Amanda has decided to invest in Ree's charter party boat business. He's really given mixed signals, though. Yeah. Because it's like, well, why are you working with him? Yeah, she's... <laughs> why'd you agree to fix his engine for free? Also, I'm sorry, but $10,000 for Amanda is probably nothing. Mm. That's true. Do you know what I mean? That's true. Her stock portfolio is probably insane. I just feel like it's way more money for Joe than it is for Amanda. Yeah. $10,000 is a drop in the bucket to her. And then she accuses him of working for Reed just to like protect Joe. Accurate. Yeah. I mean, that is, I think that's the only reasonable explanation for what he's doing. That really is the only explanation. And Amanda tells him, look, I don't think he's a con artist anymore. <laughs> After that one night on the boat. <laughs> Why? He won me over. He conned, he literally conned me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, I mean, con men, they would never be able to charm people. Right. right? That would never happen. <laughs> he's not making an effort to win you over. He didn't even try that hard to be charming because he wasn't. No. He, yeah, I don't know. I don't get his appeal at all. He always looks dirty more than ever, these this episode and next episode, I was like, this is the worst. This is like the sad version of Jake. He's like, he literally kind of looks like Jake, but, but like not, not as good. Hot. <laughs> he also looks very smelly to me. I think he smells. Yeah, because he's got like some flop sweat going on. I think it's like um, 
I can't, I can't put my finger on what it is right now, but it's definitely a pungent smell when Reed walks into a room. And I think Joe is, that's another red flag that she's overlooking. And so yeah. look, some people smell and that doesn't make them a bad person, but Reed is also a bad person. And the fact that he smells, that's just like, you could at least smell good. Yeah. Wash your hair. Wash your hair more often. I'm just mad that he's a bad con artist and still successful at it. It's crazy. The next morning, Joe and Allison talk, and they're sitting at a table with the suitcase. And Joe wants to know what's in this goddamn suitcase that Reed gave her to look after. And she's hemming and hawing about how maybe I just I just don't trust I don't trust people. I need to trust him. And she's not listening to her gut. This is the time where you need to listen to your gut, Joe. Here's my issue. I do think she has a right to be suspicious, but I would never, there would be no way I'd do what she does. Because I'd only, I'd only do it if I couldn't get caught. Like if I had a key, I'd be like, let's fucking open it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm not going to do something that gets me busted. Also, because at this point, she doesn't have any enough evidence to prove that he's doing anything like... Like, like she doesn't have enough evidence to be like, well, I had a good, good enough reason to do this, to snoop. Right. The only evidence she has is his past, and basically. A, and a feeling. Yeah, because did we have something where she was looking in something and he stopped her yet? There was like one thing, right? Here's the thing. She should be wary of this guy. I she agree. Sh- she should be wary of him and he is acting shady, but at this point it doesn't warrant... And I don't know if at any point it warrants going into his briefcase, not because she needs to respect Reed, but more just like, just fucking cut your losses, dude. That's what I I think. It's like, if you're that suspicious of him, why are you with him? Because what's going to happen? It's like, okay, so you do find something illegal in it. Then what? We see how that ends up later. And Allison is like the worst wingman like she's like encouraging what happens. She's not helping with the situation. She's but Joe has to know. So she takes a knife, like a steak knife from the kitchen and she pries the suitcase open. It the lock immediately snaps off. I'm just like why would you do this? Like she and it pops, <laughs> it's so unhinged. And it pops open and all that's inside is a bunch of clothes and Photos and sentimental stuff, like a baseball glove. Exactly what he said. Yeah. And now she's completely busted because, like you said, the lock completely just snapped right off. There's no... You you can't fix that now. Well, and like you said, she should have said it fell off the back of her thing. Of her bike. That would have been a great cover. She needs us, not Allison. (laughs) Well, Reed, if you didn't make me ferry this suitcase back to West Hollywood on my motorcycle when you know I don't have a car, maybe it wouldn't have fallen off the back of my bike on Wilshire. And then what she should have done is like immediately the second she saw him, she's like, I'm so sorry. I must have not secured it enough and it fell off my back, but I did go back and get it. And I think I got everything. Do you know what I mean? She could have like acted like I'm so fucking sorry. Like, like, but instead of what she did, which was nothing, yeah. Basically. She didn't also, do- what was she thinking when she was breaking it? <laughs> like, there was never a moment, like, what should we do? Can we, like, j- jimmy the lock open? Or, like, do you know what I mean? They did no, like, 
They didn't try at all. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't try. She just immediately went into like, I'm getting this open, whether it gets damaged or not. Yeah. Yeah. I she mean, it's a choice. She didn't care. Where are we? Okay, Matt is in the hospital, at the hospital working, and he's looking at a file in the office when Jeffrey shows up, and he apologizes. But Matt's hesitant. Matt should be apologizing. (laughs) He he should be apologizing. And Jeffrey just lets Matt know that he wants to be with him, and he wants to work on integrating both sides of his life because he's really falling for Matt. And he's like, I need your help, though. And Matt's like, okay. And then they hug. Well, that's music to Matt's ears. I need your help. I need your help, Matt. (laughs) I'm here for you, Jeffrey. That makes his dick hard. (laughs) I'm going to give you a platonic hug. (laughs) (laughs) That night, Reed is at Shooters. Joe shows up. They're having some beers. And Reed's like, I want you to meet my new partner. Like, Mm. I got another partner. For the boat, and that's when Amanda shows up with Jake, and Joe is pissed off. She's like, Reed, don't you know I hate Amanda? <laughs> like, and Amanda couldn't be happier. She's like cheersing Reed at the table, and Joe is sitting there all sourpuss. I mean, one of Amanda's superpowers is being completely unfazed, being around people who absolutely hate her. She does not care. She does not act differently. She goes overboard, in fact. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, wow, well, this is just great. Yeah. And she has all these business ideas. Which makes it even more infuriating for the person who hates her. Yes. (laughs) Because everyone else is like, what? Amanda's great. And Joe's like, wow, Amanda, it seems like you have everything all figured out. Mm. She does. Sydney picks up Michael at the hospital. She's waiting outside in her car. This is a great night shot, too, because we Mm. open up where it's like Circle Pharmacy. Yes. And we're like on the sign, and it's like such an unusual shot. It stood out for me. It's an unusual shot. For Melrose. Yes. Uh, It was was kind of artsy for Melrose. They spent some money on this shot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was gritty. It was a little gritty. Sydney's... Waiting for Michael, he comes out and he's in a good mood when he gets in the car, and because he needs a favor, yeah. So, so he's, he's got his charm turned so, on. So he's being nice to her. He's like, Sid, I need a favor. I need, <laughs> I need you to go over to the hospital pharmacy and get a prescription filled. And she, and she looks at the prescription. He gives her the prescription, and she's like, Michael, this is a prescription for me. And he's like, Yeah, but don't worry, it's actually for me though. <laughs> Can't write myself a prescription. And she's like, (laughs) yeah, she's she's like, I don't know, Michael. I don't think you should be taking these. It can't be good. And he's like, look, Sid, I'm a doctor. I know what I'm doing. What are you, God now? (laughs) Like he's mad at her. He snaps. He's like, God damn it. And he looks like shit. He is like withdrawing. He looks like a doctor who's addicted to pills. (laughs) Like it's a classic of the TV genre, right? Yeah. The he, doctor who is high on his own supply. He's having, writing prescriptions. He's having his Gregory House arc. Yes. Yes. Um, slightly on, more comical. Slightly more comical, <laughs> popping pills with his cane. Um, has it, is out of control. And he gives her an ultimatum. He's like, 
you get that prescription filled, Sid, or I'm out of your, or get the hell out of my life. And she's like, okay. Yeah. She's, she's very, she's very easy to manipulate because she, he knows exactly what she wants and it's him. Back at Melrose Place, Allison has prepared papers. She, 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 <laughs> she, she drew up an entire schedule what she calls her commuting schedule with Billy. So she's like drawn up plans on how they can most efficiently visit each other. Right. Like these are the best times to buy plane tickets. These are the best days. This is the the calendar. Right. And Billy's looking at this like, are you, he goes, Allison, stop. I'm going to be cheating. Yeah, I'm just going to cheat on you. That's how it's going to work. He's so resistant that it's crazy to me. Because it's like, can you guys like meet in the middle a little? My God. like Or like you said, just pretend. Just like... For a minute. I, I was like, unbelievable how resistant he is. It's comical. Also, he should be lucky that she hasn't complained once that he's leaving. Yeah, she's sacrificing too. Yeah. I mean, I get thinking it's not going to work. But like, you got to make an effort, right? Because she could easily put it back on him. Like, well, why can't you just find a better job here? Oh, yeah. You're the one leaving our situation. Right. I mean. Um, he doesn't want to hear it. He, He's like telling her again that long distance relationships don't work. And he's questioning her commitment. And she's like, well, you're the one who's complicating things. It'll work if we want it to work. Billy. Yeah. They're not going to resolve this, this episode. Joe and Reed return home and she's mad about Amanda and her little performance at shooters. Yeah. And he's like, geez, I didn't know it was that big of a deal. It's like, yes, you did. I told you I fucking hate her. That was like the first day you met her. I'm like, I hate that bitch. (laughs) Yeah. And he said, look, Joe, I didn't want you have to, to have to take out another loan <laughs> to invest in the business. So did she take a loan out, I guess? I don't She's know. She's a mess. No, go, I hope not. Go back to work, Joe. You don't need this. Why are you on a fucking boat every day? Every day she's on this Earn boat. Earn some coin, Joe. Um, you have an apartment in West Hollywood. Why are you on a boat? She, She's like, okay. And he's like... I'm sorry. I should have talked to Amanda first. And she's like completely over it because she wants to fuck. She's like, why don't you stay the night, Reed? And then he says, oh, by the way, I have something for you in my suitcase. Why don't you get the suitcase for me? And she's like, come on, stick your dick in me. <laughs> Stop asking about the suitcase. <laughs> like, <laughs> and she goes like a like like a dog who's just been scolded. She she brings out the suitcase without I mean, a word. The expression on her face was out of control. Well, she had zero plan knowing this would happen at some point. He's going to ask for the suitcase. And she had zero plan, but she was just hoping it would never come up. She just, she walks in with her shoulders slump and she has a frown on her face and she puts, she plops the suitcase down and immediately he sees that it's been busted open and he's livid and he starts screaming at her. 
Right. Cause he, and he for once is on like, he has like a righteous cause, right? Cause yes. he's like, wow, you don't trust me because of my past. You think da, 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 da. And it's like, yeah, we all know he's a con man, but if he wasn't, he would have every right to make the speech, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, because it was an invasion of privacy and it was a judgment based on his past. Yes. So even though he's in the right about this, <laughs> she's, She's still right to be concerned about him. Ultimately, she's in the right. We just don't know it at this point. And what she did, if she really felt that way, don't be with him. Don't Why be are you with, with him? him? Like, yeah. This isn't your husband of 20 years who's acting fishy all of a sudden. Like, right. Uh, but like, I, I still was kind of like, well, what did you have in the suitcase for her? Because <laughs> we saw what was in there and it looked like a bunch of old t-shirts. <laughs> Were you going to give her the glove? Like I was so, I was like, well, we don't get to know what it was. Like <laughs> I was wondering that same thing. What was this gift he had for her? I bet it was like a smelly t-shirt or his smelly Yeah, glove. remember this? The old burger place <laughs> we used to go to. Rick's Meaty Burgers. Ew. It was Rick's Meaty's Burger t-shirt. Like that, it had to be, because so, what was in that suitcase? Nothing. Rick's Meaty Here's a picture of us at Rick's Burgers. <laughs> I love that you're, there's that place here in the neighborhood. Oh, Rick's. Rick's. There is a place in the neighborhood called Rick's and they have a sign out front and it says now serving. No, it says spaghetti is back. And we know someone who got that spaghetti. We do? Yes. You'll never guess who. Who? I mean, you you probably won't be thinking of him. (laughs) Joe Wagner. (laughs) Of course he got the spaghetti. It's like the, it's like. The fu- it's like obvious, so obvious. Of course, Joe got the spaghetti. Yeah, um, I can't remember. I must. I I was sure you were on like making I, fun of him. I do remember okay. that. I do remember that now. Um, I love that he got that spaghetti. Of course, because because that's like a, one of those signs in Los Angeles that you always drive past it. This diner, and it, it says spaghetti is back. And I've never met anybody except for our friend Joe, who we recently discovered has had the spaghetti. Well, it's not even a diner. That's why the spaghetti is so disturbing. Right. Because it's like a burger. It's a burger place. Joint. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I almost feel like it's just a drive through or maybe you can eat at the counter or something. First of all, I've never seen anyone go to Rick's. I don't know anyone who goes to it's Rick's. It's always got cars in the drive through <laughs> though, because I drive by that corner all the time going to your house from my house. Yes. I pass it all the time. Yeah. And it's always got people in there. We got to go. If you were a person you know this is me doing my maury call out <laughs> this, is, this is me if you were a person you know in the los angeles area has been to rick's specifically been to rick's and had the spaghetti that is allegedly always back according to the sign please write into the show well the the exclamation that it's back makes you f- Makes you gives the impression that people are, are missing it, and oh, I don't think so. The place is called Rick's Drive In and Out. It's in Silver Lake. <laughs> is that Fl- Silver Lake? It's in Silver Lake on Fletcher and River or on Riverside and Fletcher, and it is a burger joint. Actually, the burgers don't look too bad. Oh, I think it's been there for a while. This fried zucchini doesn't look good though. Look, Rick's is like the place where you get the burger and that fries and that's it. You don't go off the You that. don't get the fucking fried zucchini. You don't go off script. <laughs> I don't care how drunk you are. <laughs> like No. There are four hundred and forty one photos of this place on Yelp. And not all of them are good photos. I think that Rick's has been around a while. It's and an I, institution. It's an institution. I'm guessing a lot of those photos are 
from drunk people. Is that the fried zucchini? These don't look good. That doesn't even look like zucchini. That looks like styrofoam green fingers. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen fried zucchini that looked like that. That's disturbing. I need to see a picture of the spaghetti. I saw the picture because Joe posted a picture of it that night. Oh, he did? I must not remember. It looked like spaghetti from a can. Uh, Someone took a picture of the toilet. (laughs) That's the spaghetti. (laughs) That's where the spaghetti went. That's right. The spaghetti was horrific. Here's a picture of the spaghetti. It's not good. It is just dry spaghetti with a big splatter of sauce on it. And you know the sauce came from a can that says spaghetti sauce. Yeah. But it's a can, not a jar. (laughs) It's a can of spaghetti sauce. Anyway, sorry. Okay, sorry. Sorry That was a tangent. Yeah. I, you know what? I think Reed smells like Rick spaghetti. <laughs> I think that's the smell. Uh. So Reed storms out, and Joe really fucked up here. Joe and Allison are talking in the laundry room later, and oh, Allison, they're bitching about their love life. Allison's talking about the New York Billy situation, and she's like, relationships have to be flexible. Allison has the most scenes in the laundry room of any other cast member. I feel like she's always down there folding shit. Yeah. Then they talk about Amanda because that's something they can both agree on, that Amanda sucks ass. And Joe tells her that Reed found out about the suitcase last night. And Allison's like, oh, no. And she's like, yeah, it was really bad. Yeah. And I didn't even find out what my gift was. (laughs) (laughs) We see Reed on the boat talking on the phone to some guy named Nick, Nick. having a very shady conversation. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I want to double up my order. You know, I got double the cash, so double the order. <laughs> the most shady line ever. <laughs> I con two bitches. <laughs> uh, while he's on the phone, Joe shows up in a leather jacket, so he has to quickly get off the phone. Yeah. And she's like, I'm sorry about your suitcase. <laughs> Took a screwdriver or a steak knife to your suitcase lock. <laughs> Busted that shit open. <laughs> Broke the steak knife too. Yeah. She's very sorry about it. And he's like immediately like forgives her. Yeah. Because he needs that investment. <laughs> yeah. He, th- this should have been a red flag for her. Why is he suddenly not mad anymore? Yeah. He's like, oh, it's okay. He's like, I need you. I need you for this boat biz. The whole boat business, like, what is anyone thinking? If someone came with me to invest in their boat business, I would be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, immediately. That just sounds shady. I'm sorry. Like, Yeah. That night at the beach house, Sydney shows up, and she's calling out for Michael, but he's not answering. And she's... She hollers out. She's like, Michael, the hospital said you didn't show up today. So, well, well, once again, how is she getting this information? <laughs> well, this implies that Sydney calls the hospital to check in on him. Yeah. But it also obviously implies the bigger issue here that Michael is spiraling. He's not showing up for work. This guy gets the most chances of any doctor <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> He's a doctor the whole run of the show. And nothing he does gets his license 
like taken away or even really suspended in a massive way. I don't remember the details of like what happens with Michael's license throughout the show, but I do know that he continues to do escalating, like increasingly more um, outrageous shit and he remains a doctor. Yeah. And you, it's not like some other job where you can operate without a license. (laughs) It's like a doctor, you gotta keep it. Right. Um, she finds Michael in the bathroom, passed out, unconscious, and she calls 911. I like when she tells 911, it's, it's Dr. Michael Mancini. <laughs> like, as they if know. they know. <laughs> it's Dr. Michael Mancini. <laughs> like, you wouldn't even tell the name necessarily. Like, <laughs> that's like when I told the vet a few weeks ago when I asked them if they remembered my cat who died. She was, I said she was a former patient here. Yeah. And they didn't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Billy has a cab waiting for his red eye flight to New York. He's taking the red eye and he's got a cab out front. This is the first time we've seen a cab on this show in quite a while. It's always weird to see a cab and Billy because it's like he should be driving that. (laughs) (laughs) He drove a cab for so long. Yeah. It's also funny to me, like, the cab is always, like, the classic yellow cab, which I've never seen in L.A. I mean, maybe they existed in the 90s, I guess, Uh, but it's just very funny. Um, It looks like out of the show Taxi. Oh, totally. It's like what you see in vintage New York footage or something. Yeah. It's an old cab, too. Like It just... It's funny to me. So he's got this cab waiting and Allison's like, Billy, this is ridiculous. We always take each other to the airport. He's like, I'm afraid if you come with me, Allison, I won't want to say goodbye. Yeah. I mean. And she's like, well, I already got my ticket. I'm going to come visit you. Yeah. And he's sad. And she tells him that New York is one of the most romantic cities in the world. Is it? I have no idea. <laughs> For Allison, yes, because she's romanticized New York her whole life. Because she's never been to New York. And look, New York is one of the greatest cities in the world. There's no arguing that. But to Allison, this is what I this is what Allison's experience of New York, her fantasy is. She wants to do that little carriage ride. She wants to do the carriage ride. She wants to recreate the moment from a fair to remember mm. where they're on the top of the New York, the Empire State Building. Yeah. Like that's her idea of New York. And as they say goodbye, we hear some very sad, tinkly piano music. Billy's leaving. Billy's leaving. And we don't know what the future holds. No. Not until next episode. I also was laughing at the idea that they always drive each other to the airport because it's like, well, we've never seen you go anywhere except for Seattle. <laughs> like that one time. What do you mean always? <laughs> like That's a great point. <laughs> the only time Allison's ever gone anywhere or Billy is they drove. They drive places or they fly to Seattle. To stalk Keith at his work yeah, site and punch him out. They haven't flown since Seattle. And Allison certainly, <laughs> she certainly didn't drive him to the airport that time. I think it was disturbing because I was like, wait, they do things that we don't know about <laughs> that aren't on the show. Like, yeah. They have like little lives where they're traveling on airplanes. We should know. Yeah. Oh, I guess Billy did go to um, the airport on Thanksgiving. Remember when he was trying to get a flight on Christmas, I guess? <laughs> But Allison didn't drive up. No, she was tree shopping. So I'm just saying, that's not accurate. 
<laughs> I got a bone to pick. Uh, <laughs> we're going to end here. We're going to... We, we will be back very soon with episode 20. That's Bye. it. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.